What's going on? It's CJ the Dayslayer from the Upgrade America podcast. Thanks for listening, jo- joining in. Shout out to Ireland. Um, we appreciate y'all. Y'all up to five percent listening. That's awesome. Y'all like the highest percentage out of our international upgraders. We really appreciate you. Can't wait to go to your country and do a live there. Um, do a live podcast there. Uh, you will hear some distortion in this podcast. Um, for the most part, it should be pretty smooth. But yeah, you're going to hear some distortion from our special guest, Dwayne Ross, actor, um, a vegan enthusiast, all around great guy. I think you guys will definitely enjoy this episode. Uh, if you got kiddos, make sure they're not listening. You know, we do use profanity, other terms, but like share subscribe thank you for choosing us upgrade america peace distributing the beatings bigger than behemoth flying to my scene if it's cool but it doesn't mean much the levels are infinite beat the boss and beam up you want to go far let's go together we need to team up don't mind me because i am just a dreamer i got a theory on life i know you've seen it this is a game if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. John Quincy Adams, sixth president of the United States. We are live on Facebook. What's up, world, and all of our upgraders? We love you. Thanks for watching the Upgrade America. It's the Savvy Down to Earth Current Events Podcast, also known as the greatest show on earth. I'm Cameron Ra independent 2020 presidential candidate and host and executive producer of Upgrade America. I'm pleased to be joined by my fellow defenders, scholar, co-host, and friend, CJ the Day Slayer. We're also privileged to be hosting Dwayne Ross, actor, producer, and vegan enthusiast. Howdy, Dwayne. Thanks for joining us on the show. Got some brief shout outs. Shout out to Charlemagne the God. Look forward to uh, working with, with you in the future. Thanks for the B-Day shout outs. Shout out to the Bilderberg Group. Shout out to Sheik Looch and the Locks. Big shout out to Akon. We're about to give you the cover, brother. We got much to discuss between Skyward, Acoin, and Rockcoin, and cryptocurrencies and all that. And everyone out there who's supporting and believing in the Upgrade America brand, much love for you. I ranted long enough. Over to you to CJ, what's happening? Hey, what's going on? This is episode 69 for all you cancers out there and all you uh, erotic enthusiasts. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Throwing that out there. But yeah, let's get to the show, man. No doubt, no doubt. Yo, Dwayne, yo, thanks for, for coming on the show, bro. Really appreciate it. Uh, really grateful to have you on. But um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I know that you, you, you had an appearance in the, the short film, The Badlands. Before we end this, let me ask you one question. Did you really think killing the doc was going to ease your pain? No. But killing that old fuck felt fucking amazing. I'm going to kill all of you. 
fucking junkie on the streets. Yes, uh, tell us a little about your, your acting career and also about your vegan uh, enthusiasm and fitness. Okay. Well, I've been um, acting uh, professionally roughly for about 15, 20 years. I have a whole lot of uh, theater and community theater. Um, and then I branched over into uh, doing my first film, which was, I believe, 2017. A brother I was, that, that I was working with, um, Aaron Jackson, uh, uh, and he actually, you know, we had one little camera, and that name of that picture was called Vacation, and it was all in black and white. And um, and what happened was we filmed it in Newark and different locations in Newark. And it, it goes talking about a brother who is homeless. I play a homeless guy who's on drugs. And it goes through the whole uh, dr dramatizations of, you know, the streets and me asking for money and, and things of that nature. And I don't want to give away the, the last scene because I don't I didn't talk to him yet. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, uh, okay. put that out right now. But but um, it, it was. Uh, I don't want to say political, but it was political because it was right around the time that uh, Trump got elected and all that other stuff. And and we really um, had a chance to go into some dramatizations on there and talking about how how it's man and, and how it's easy to get transformed into from one life to the other. You know, um, I, I, I then moved over into I got I started doing auditions, you know, like little stuff. And uh, out of New York for commercials, uh, print work, things of that nature, and I got uh, blessed to be in a short film called Badlands. And I would, and I was in Jersey, and it was shot uh, here in Philadelphia. And it, it goes uh, in storing about a father who had actually like lost his mind, so to speak, because his son was killed. All right, uh, and and he goes on this. Um, vigilante rage, so to speak. And we have telekinesis powers from the drugs that, that we've been taking. It's, it's a great movie in order to see it. Um, but uh, regarding my, all of this transpired while me acting and me actually doing the um, vegan thing uh, at the same time. Um, it was unfortunate that um, I started uh, I started doing the uh, vegan thing. I, I had health issues. I had some health issues. I had uh, diabetes, one in the family. I had pains in my ankles and knees. I also had verticulitis. And I'm going to say like a year or so, when I, uh, when I was filming the film, I was out drinking with a cousin of mine. And unfortunately, he died two days later. And I didn't know why. And he came to find out he died of diabetes and didn't tell anybody. So it was devastating to me. And I was, uh, besides me getting angry, at first, and knowing that uh, diabetes is curable, um, it's just that we were kind of stuck in our own little ways of, um, of eating, and we're not just going to put them ribs down, and you know how that goes you know, with our culture. Um, and and it was upsetting, and it was so upsetting that you know I said, okay, I got to do something. So I started researching, you know, veganism, you know, juicing, and things of that nature, and I made the I made the jump from. January 11th, 2019 to present. And within that time, I lost like 55 pounds. Wow. Can I yeah. ask, um, and, how, how much did you weigh when you were shooting, um, when you were shooting the Badlands? I know you're a bit- Oh, I was, I, was, uh, I was at my, my weight at two, to, to 235. I was at that weight. 
customers had to wait. So now I have to redo all my pictures again. So yeah. then I have to send uh, it back out to my casting agency. Say, oh, you don't look like him, you know. So, so he played Marcus. Thing, he played Marcus. Feel healthy, all that really matters. But that's really great, man. And um, so my understanding, you're saying is the was the death of your cousin. Yes. Inspired yeah. to take the, the the more vegan path. Now, were you doing? Were you vegan before you started juicing, or did you? Did they come no. at the same time? Not at all. Not at all. I was, I was, I was, I was hard headed. I was stuck. I was like, I'm gonna eat when I eat when I want to eat, and that's just the way it is. I've been eating like this all these years. Nothing gonna stop me from eating like that. And so that death happened, you know. And I said, okay. I said I have to, I have to be a little bit more uh, wiser. And I have um, a wife and. Um, Three small chick kids and this and this and and I'm 53, you know, and like I said, I have these runs in the family. Thank God I don't have it. But you know, it's, it's easily if, between your diet and what you eat, you can easily get diabetes and it runs heavy in our culture. You know, yeah. and so and for that reason I said, okay, that's it. And and I started uh with my church, but you know, from like January to I don't know how many days they do. Like um, the first four, the first 20 or 30 days of prayer or something like that and fasting. Yeah. And I started that, so I incorporated the, uh, the veganism with that. In the first two weeks, I was just juicing and it wasn't easy, but I started juicing and and, and uh, I started doing different remedies like teas and things of that nature. And from January to March, I lost like 25 pounds. Wow. And I got a little sick and wow. doctor. I said, because that's it, you know, I've worked in the medical field and all types of uh, jobs and everything. I said, when you lose weight like that, that fast and that dramatic, I said, something's wrong. Okay. So I went to the doctor and I said, doctor, am I okay? He says, Mr. Ross, you're good. As a matter of fact, you're better than good because with, um, by me doing the veganism, um, it's kind of reversed my diverticulitis and I was feeling better. You know, I have the, I have the vitality of a 25, 30 year old, thank you, God. But, um, and 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 what happened was is I was just um, blown away and I was angry at her because then I started realizing with all my education and all my experiences and jobs and things that I had that I, all, I was just carrying around undigested waste, 55 pounds of undigested waste, but it was wow. 25 pounds just in January and March. So then I said, okay, as soon as I started looking in the mirror and seeing my body, I said I just went full force with it, you know, and I and not for nothing. I I wasn't street vegan all the time, so let me put that out there. You know, I cheated, you know, I'm a fried chicken and oxtail type of person, you know. And what I had to learn with that is it's it's, it's cultural, not only um, um, mental. Where you have to pretty much uh, make a determination to do that. Prime example is I went by my mom's house on uh, Thanksgiving. I think like the uh, the uh, right before that January 11th, and I would say, okay, mom, I can't eat this, I can't eat that, I can't eat that. And she looked me right in my face and started crying. Okay, and I'm looking at her like, mom, what's the right, what's the matter? She said, and she wasn't just wouldn't say anything. She said, no one wants to see their mother cry. Okay, mm -hmm. but what I did is I ate all that food like a good little boy and got sick. Okay, yeah. um, and so that was a that was a determination. It says, okay, every. It, it can't yeah, be just saying. a physical thing. You have to know this cultural thing. And so it's almost like um, I'm a recovering functioning addict. Okay, and by me being a recovering functioning addict, I, I know there's certain things that that 
that draws you to it's like trigger, so to speak, you know? And what happened was, I, you know, if I put a smell, I smelled chicken, I went, oh, I want some chicken. Knowing I ain't had chicken in six months, okay? But that chicken was, and then after the fact, when I ate the chicken, I felt horrible. I felt the mucus, I felt all of that stuff, you know? So right. if I'm telling everybody that, that, that if, uh, I've become an advocate for healthy living and um, mm -hmm. veganism. I'm um, starting an e-commerce channel. Uh, I'm also doing, um, I'm about to do healthy vending machines, possibly maybe in another couple months and things of that nature. Healthy vending so machines? Yes. I like that concept. So like granola bars and like fresh fruit, or are we talking about just non-perishable type of stuff? Well, I, I'm pushing for uh, non-perishable because, you know, fresh stuff, you would have to be changing it so often. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Depending a couple of days and everything like that. Okay, so I don't okay. think I would do any fresh water. But I'm definitely going to do, like, some of the things that helped me along the way, you know, as far as the type of uh, in, uh, juices I was drinking, the type of uh, things that I was eating, um, uh, no GMO products and stuff like that, and it actually educated me a little bit more. And I started reading it back the labels. I said, No, I can't eat that, I can't eat that. And, 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 and my body is, and then I moved on to doing uh, fitness. And I and I'm never played sports, I'm not a sports guy, anything like that. And I, um, I started uh, working out, you know, where I started planking and doing, you know, because I had this big old belly. It was hard for me to do sit-ups and everything. Yeah. So, you know, I did you know, on that and I did uh, my my son, my oldest who used to get mad at me. He said, stop doing those girl push-ups, dad. And I'm like, oh man, it's okay. But um, in retrospect, so did the fitness I just, come natural? I the I'm sorry? Did the, did the fitness come natural? with the change of eating habits was it like oh i'm juicy no man it didn't come natural. no be active or <laughs> no it didn't come natural say i'm sorry one more time what what inspired you to become more active oh um <laughs> the acting i was um I was getting, I was getting uh, auditions from my agent and from, you know, the feed up on all the modeling gigs. I said, modeling, but if you see that number on what they paying, I said, I'm a Joe. So I went to the auditions and all of a sudden I take my shirt off and they say, thank you for your time, you know. But so I had this protruding belly out there. You know how we say, oh, that's beer belly, uh, baby fat and all. No, that's not just waste. All you brothers out there with them big bellies, that's not, that's waste. That's all that is. Okay, that's not gas, that's not beer belly, that's not baby fat, none of that stuff. That's undigested waste that you have not digested. Wow. And you have to do that. Wow. Yeah. So you're saying like uh, planks and what other exercises are great for the core? Yeah. Planking, basically. Just plank. Uh, I, I, and I learned that recently uh, uh, through uh, my business associate who actually, um, with the machine, he's, he's He's the old sports guy, and he started becoming my physical trainer, so to speak. You know, while we're, while I'm trying to do this, and 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 because I was getting frustrated, you know, because I'm doing these push-ups, and, and, and my body was transforming. That's enough that I do. And he put give me this one little ingredient to start planking. I said, planking, really? He said, he said, and he said, see how long you can sit down with the planks. I said, so at first I couldn't do. I can do 15, 20 seconds of planking without me shaking and wanting to fall down. But like I started with everything else I was doing, I started slow. And then, I, you know, I just built up to it. So I would do five seconds, then I did 10 seconds, then 15 seconds. What are you seconds. doing now? 
Oh, I'm at about a minute. Okay. 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 I do my, I do my thanks time to time. And I'm not gonna lie, man. I, it kind of puts you in like a meditative state, like you're praying. Focused yeah, I on do that it too. Thing, man. But yeah. there, yeah, I, I do believe they're very effective. Hearing your story makes me want to do them more now. Like, yeah. you know, like push through it. But, yeah, um, that, that's one thing that I'm hoping for, uh, Cam, is, is that, you know, I'm saying that I'm looking at if a 53 year old can do this, anybody. Yeah. Because I'm not, I, like I said, I'm not a sports guy, you know, so I wasn't into working out and everything and all that other stuff. And, and you know, it kind of motivated me, you know, doing the vegan. It was like, wow, I can do this. Because the thing was in my mind is like, I can't do no, no uh, four sets to 25 push ups. That ain't gonna happen, you know. Then I said, well, you know what? If I can do that, I know I can do that. So I started, you know, I started off small. Next, now I'm at the 25, and I'm not at, I'm not, and I'm not at four sets. I'm only at three sets, but you okay. know, eventually it's uh, gonna transition. Yeah. So you wanna, um, you wanna shout your, um, your brand and, and your your page out before we transition to uh, to the next subject? Sure, sure. Uh, the name that uh, website that I'm working on is called uh, Dwayne the Veggie King. Okay, okay. which which my son came up with that actually, my youngest son. Okay. Uh, because before I can cook, right? So, but I had to learn how to cook all over again. Um, and I, and and initially I got frustrated uh, because when you've been cooking for so many years, and then you go to cook a simple dish and it tastes horrible, I was like, ah, I don't want to do anything anymore. So I had to, you know, just stay at it for a minute. Um, but my first dish that I, I cooked was uh, vegan lasagna. Okay. okay. And I and yeah, and I didn't tell my um. My, my cousin that was living upstairs at the time, I said, come on, then try this. And he said, this is good, man. And I put I put a plant-based meat in there, you know, like the, uh, the meatballs, the sausages, oh, the, the ground before beef. We, before we get lost in the sauce, pun intended, okay. the, the website is Dwayne the, the Vegan King? No, no, the Veggie King is D-U-A-N-E-T-H-E-V-E-G-G-I-E. K I N G dot right, com. Send me that, send me that uh, link. And, and that's the way we're that. We're going to put that into the, how you say, into the comments and stuff. But okay. uh, what about as far as your Facebook? Do you have anything you're promoting on your Facebook? I yeah. do. I just uh, opened up a, a, a Facebook business page. You know, and it's, uh, basically, just to be glad that I, uh, that's on my. Um, my friends list and everything like that but i am about to branch that off and that's called Dwayne's vegan choices okay so if okay. you look for Dwayne, Dwayne's vegan choices on facebook you'll see my face that pop up you'll see the before and after pictures i go into a short three three paragraph blog on my story uh, talking about my cousin and how you know and how it affected me and things of that nature cool cool so we're also gonna put maybe we're gonna slide some clips of the badlands and okay. then there's a pretty dope fight scene in there. I want to probably uh, slide yeah. over. Spoil it because I got to finish it. So. Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, no, nah, I'm not talking about now. When we edit it, we'll, we'll mix that down. Okay. But, um, yo, CJ, what's next on the agenda, bro? All right. So we're talking about, we're just going to roll right into it. The headline topic is voting reform using technology. Interesting. So, I mean, uh, go ahead with your preamble, bro. Um, um, basically, you and I have been talking about this. We need to have a uniform standard of voting nationwide. There is not. Every city is different. 
Yes. Every state is different. Right. We need to make that more uniform, just like we were talking about police reform. So there's uh, so much going on behind the scenes. So we wanted to talk about how to make it more modern due to Rona. You and know. streamlined as well. Exactly. Like, why so. do you think that is? Is that outlined in the Constitution that like states can run voting how they want? Or, or what are the guidelines for that? I'm not too sure. It, but It pretty much, I mean, it's pretty much left up. That's what electoral college and all that. It's kind of, and then it goes to the state level. So there's a site. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, that is focused on it. So, Dwayne, I got a question for you. Okay. Like, how far did you have to go to vote in 2016 or, or other other elections? Was it easy for you to do it? Yeah, it, it was easy. Um, uh, I, I, I relocated to Philadelphia right now, and I'm transitioning my family here to Philadelphia, but at the time I was in I think Patterson, New Jersey, and uh, we knew a couple of uh, people that was um, running for councilman and stuff like that. So all we had to do, if we had run into any problems, I would just pick up a phone list. And they, they're doing X, Y, Z here at this station, and they, they would just wing that out immediately and stuff like that. But opposed to that, I did notice while I'm here in Philadelphia, I know I, I don't know, automatically usually because they have my registration, I would be in the books to, for wherever my address was. And I don't remember when the last election was, but right between this uh, corona, within the, and, I, and I walked to the store, and I walked by the school, and I see these big, you know, voting signs in there. And I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't know I was supposed to vote. And, and I asked, because I was unfamiliar with the area, I asked the... Uh, um, uh, uh, one of the, the people that was there voting, I said, well, so what do I do? Do I go in there? And then, so it was just almost too, too much to have to go through three, four different lines just to <laughs> find out if I was registered. So I, I, I stood in one line and it was about 20, 30 people in there, okay? And then when I got to the end, I said, and they said, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong line. I said, no, so I, I wish I this is during times of coronavirus? I'm sorry? This is during the time of the coronavirus? Yes. Yes. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember when the last election, whatever election, I think it was the presidential uh, electoral election or something like that. And um, and I, I said, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go to the store and I'm gonna come back and, and just stand in line and see if my name is on the books. And I went there and by the time I got back, it was like a hundred, couple hundred people in line. So I felt very upset and angry at myself that I didn't, you know, stand in line to just find out because I know what people had to do just to give me the opportunity to vote. But it was just this so is, much red tape. This is exactly why I'm of voting online. I would love that. But see, did you find anything? You know, as long as they had an encrypted way of knowing that that's the person that, that that's voting, I think that would just alleviate uh, all this second guessing on, on whether the votes are real or not you know um uh i, I just believe that that i've uh, over the years we, unfortunately we have a culture that doesn't believe that their vote counts and so to speak and no matter what we say on okay no people die people this and they look at me because i have you know i work with uh diverse um, ages from me being in acting and some of my jobs, so I get to talk to them and listen and say, well, how come you're not voting? 
They said, and I said, Rob, that stuff don't even matter. I said, no, it does matter, man. I said, now going to the history on why went and who died and this, this, and that. And they'll turn around and look at me and say, well, listen, if that's the case, why is this still happening? Why is this still happening? Why is this still happening? Because they're voting for the wrong and moral exactly. it's not uh, what I it's that people what are I not getting it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One at a time, one at a time. I'm Go sorry. Ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, what I'm I think... saying it's like people are saying a lot of people feel like voting doesn't matter because they're voting for the wrong candidates. Right. And they're voting for the wrong candidates because people are not stepping up and running for office. Right. Instead, they're letting these same gray-haired, uh, gray-haired dinosaurs run the country. And that's why we need to encourage younger people to get involved in the politics. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read this off. So one of these websites called Fair Vote Org, you can find it online. But one of the concepts I thought was interesting was the Ranked Choice uh, Voting Act, which is a piece of legislation getting pushed through, trying to, to basically make voting fairer um, across the board. Okay. Uh, it's sponsored by, it looks like, Representative Jamie Raskin, Democrat out of Maryland, and a group of House colleagues that would make elections fair, more efficient, more representative of the, of the U.S. Senate, House okay. primaries, and general elections. And so ranked choice basically is, say you have three candidates. When you vote, you basically vote one, two, three. And it keeps dwindling down until the winner gets majority vote over time. It kind of weeds off basically. Like that's a simple concept of ranked choice voting where you're not just stuck with two candidates. At least you got a little bit of a shot within um, voting. You're saying this is what they're trying to facilitate? Yes, absolutely. Wow, that's great. And so I think also we should have a standard of at least three to four candidates all the way to the primaries, all the way through instead of just two because when you leave people with just two options i don't think you have a fair election to be honest right well um there's always third parties but it's so difficult to get onto the ballot and i think one of the main benefits of online voting because it's online i think that should permit more accessibility for third party candidates to get uh how do you say access to the ballot? I get it why you don't want to do it with paper ballots because it's like you got to print, you got to kill trees and literally print like 700 candidates' names onto it. But if you're doing it online and you have a little drop down, boop, select here, Cameron Rock, okay, cool. Like, I think that's feasible. And I agree when you're, you only have the red pill or the blue pill, you're just like, it doesn't seem like a choice. A third party uh, candidate is absolutely necessary. As as president, what would you push through in your agenda about voting, changing voting? Oh man, I would put mad manpower to developing a voting mobile application. Like I do not want, while I still want voting the election day to re- remain a federal holiday, like while I, I'm totally for that, I would put a lot of money and, and effort towards making a voting mobile application. And if it takes a, a lot of sitting down with, with Apple and building a, a trust relationship, because the, the, the biggest disagreement with online voting is people feel like the democratic process would be put in the hands of Samsung 
and, and Apple, you mm-hmm. know, and we would have to really sit down and discuss security requirements on how to make this happen. But voting should not be an encumbrance. It yeah. really, it really shouldn't. And as you to answer your question, yeah, I'd make that app. I'd develop it. Dwayne, what do you think about what what would make voting more accessible and easy for everybody? Like, think about the elderly, the disabled, all that. What do you think are some good ideas to make uh, make it easy? And for young vo- voters as well, voting for like the first time and stuff like that. Well, I think a lot of times when, when, when I talk to uh, the youth and other people in the culture, I think uh, a lot of us need to be educated on the political structure and voting and things of that nature. And and, and in all honesty is is a lot of times they think they don't go out and vote because they don't know. You know, I said, I don't know if I'm doing the right or wrong thing. Even if they have the the, the option to go and do it, it's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. What are they about? What are they about? What are, what are the terms that they're talking about? You know, and a lot of these under un, underlining things that a lot of uh, candidates run for, half the time we don't know what it is. Unless you're going to take the time to say, Google, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? If they watch my podcast, they'll see see what I'm about. I said, if they watch the podcast, they'll see what I'm about. Like, (laughs) this is a great way to do politics. It's like, yeah, you really want to know the candidate? You really want to know the policies? Like, run a podcast and and discuss them on, you know, online. And that's what we're doing. This is essentially an independent presidential campaign doing this podcast. But if you got to reach the people, like there's, there's no better way to do it. Yeah. I agree. I do like that idea of the the, um, the the podcast and voting online. I said that's accessible for everybody. But yeah, it just, I, I'm from the old school. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's a little hard for me to, to grasp over to new technology and things of that nature. It took, uh, uh, but, but when, and I can probably speak for a lot of my peers and older as well, it's like, I'm not doing that. That's not, so that education, if that comes to fruition and things like that, those are our age group and older, yeah. we need a little bit more education in that. So let me because ask you this. What if they had, um, what if they had mobile voting? Like the voting came to you and somebody was there with you to walk you through the steps. Like, hey, this is how you do it. Bing, boom, bow, vote Cameron Rod 2020. You That's know. a wonderful idea. Yeah, I, because it, because first of all, uh, you have to build a, a level of trust. And at, at, at nature, we don't trust anybody. Yeah. Okay, but if you have somebody coming in there saying, "Listen, this is what this is. This is what this is." It's like a salesman coming in and saying, "Okay, you know, if you go to a store and I don't know care how much you like that product, if you don't like the salesman, you ain't buying that product." Yeah. So, so uh, uh, I believe that's a, a wonderful concept, wonderful idea. I just think that um, not just in my age bracket, I think all of us need to be educated when it comes to uh, the, uh, the voting and electoral process. And I think if we were more educated about that, it would be more people that turn out. Um, and, and they're saying, well, I don't want to go because you have to think in the mind of, 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 of a youth. And they're, they're angry at first, so they're angry. Yeah. They feel like if if I go and vote, and it don't go the way I'm go wanted to go, I'm a flip out, you know. And so that's actually and, and they the can't just do. They of, can't just leave it at voting. Yeah, after you vote, you have to convince your friends, your family, 
everyone that you pass on the street to vote for your candidate. You can't just leave it at that. Boom, that's what you want. When you're looking out right now and what they're talking, remember that video you sent me, Chris, about um, Bo, he, he sent about Trump did something, he ignored something about US soldiers. Mm -hmm. And there, it resulted in some sort of loss of life. But yeah. what he was paying attention to was his numbers, his mm -hmm. poll numbers. These okay. politicians, they care about those numbers. They yeah. care about their poll numbers. They care about their popularity. That's the only thing they care about. So if you weaponize that, you, you weaponize that, you have to make them care. So I got another idea that I don't think we talk about enough is, and I think you and I talk about it, Cam, is making voting easy for, say, all generations, for everybody to do it. Yes, uh, indeed. People disabled, but also explaining each candidate's philosophies objectively. No slant to the right, to the left. Hey, this candidate believes in, say, uh, free health care. Mm -hmm. And this is what it um, requires, or this is what it takes, or whatever. This is my plan to provide free health care. But put everything in. Like a dumbed-down platform requiring, like, a form you have to fill out. Like, yeah, free health care. This is what taxes would cost. Something, yeah, dumbed-down. Yeah. I agree. I like that. That would be cool. So and I think, really I think you should have that at the voting booths or the, on the platform so at least um, you can see it before you vote. So you don't have to... Go ahead. Like we shouldn't vote for for political candidates. Mm -hmm. I think time over time they've proven to, to fail us. We okay. should vote for policy. Like the, pre the, the presidential candidate should have to write his bills in advance. Okay. All your policies straight up. And then it's like, okay, cool. This is exactly what you're going to get. And when that candidate is, you're you're not voting for the candidate, you're voting for the policy package. And that should push immediately when, and in the event the candidate is elected. Because I'm done accepting promises. You know, I promise I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this when I get my, no, no, lay it out for me in black and white. Tell me a detailed plan. Like, I'm not taking your word for it anymore. Like, I, can't do it. And I would I would want the bill short enough and the act short enough to where you can read it like this and comprehend it. Yes, and that's exactly how they're supposed to be. Yeah, but be. politicians got slick over the years. They're like, yo, did you know if we write a bill about water safety, we can slide some shit in about guns somewhere along the way too? And they make these phone bill these phone book bills that politicians don't read. They have teams that they pay to read. And exactly. They, and they don't read it either. And then they're like, yeah, here's a gist of it. Thumbs up. John Hancock here. And then this bill becomes law with all these hidden clauses. Exactly. I, I so, agree with the brevity. Uh, last question for both of you guys. Where do you see the future of voting, say, next year or the next? I'll say the next couple of years. Dwayne, you go first. Ooh, where do I see it? Yeah, um, like the oh, process. Will it, yeah, well, the process. Will it be more refined, more updated, or will you think it'll be some of the same? Well, after what's transitioning these past years, I do not think it would be the same. Okay, mm -hmm. um, uh, from the elections where people may have been pushed in an office that we believe that 
shouldn't be in the office, whatever the case is, and they rely on certain folks in certain states, you know, um, is battling back and forth and things of that nature and, and being investigated for voter fraud and things of that nature. I, I don't think, I think coming to the future is going to be better. Uh, ideas like you guys have as far as the mobile mobile voting and things of that nature. I think I would love for that to happen because it's it's like I said before, it's a trust factor. And if we don't trust you, we go about to stay back and not to do it, you know. And and when and like I'm an old head, I, I've transitioned over to technology in order to uh, be found out information for myself. You know, uh, back in the day, we had to go to, to the library and look at encyclopedias to say, what is this, what is that? I can go right to Google and say, what is this? What is that? Why is that? And then I'll do my own research. And I'm not the only one. Many of us do that. We may not say that we do it, but we do, you know? Yeah. And, and once you're more educated on it, like I said before, I think that that uh, it will transition into a better, a better um, people's government i agree okay what what about you cam um when the question by me one more time oh i said where do you see uh the future of voting the process going do you see it getting more efficient i got a comment from ig live j love says i think they'll make it worse not better it's in their interest not to improve it even with the uh, online voting. Um, again, I'm going with the optimism that young people like myself are going to find the urge to get into politics and we're gonna clean house. Like the majority of these dinosaurs are, they're, they're it's like 80% of these people in office are like 80 years old. So I'm going with the optimism that they're gonna be going in the future, new blood's gonna come up in there. And this online uh, voting thing, I'm very confident it's going to make it better if only for the fact that you don't have to travel anywhere to do it. Um, there's going to be new challenges with, as you mentioned, uh, Dwayne, like the encryption and the security. There's yeah. always going to be new challenges you got to overcome with that. Even with the mobile voting, then you have to deal with fraud. Like who's to say someone who's not a mobile voter, you've got to deal with all that shit too, but I'm, I'm very confident we can overcome that. I really truly believe Mm -hmm. Incorporating all these ideas, like voting is going to be uh, come easier. I have one question for the both of you two, though. Okay. We live in a, in a in America where we have due process and everyone is innocent until uh, proven guilty, even though they lock you up mm -hmm. before you go to trial. Should people in jail, not convicted, but people in jail awaiting trial because they are still innocent, should they be entitled to vote? Absolutely. Voting? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And I, and I'm not too sure on what it how that is today, but yeah. if they are not permitted to vote, this is another way that the system can prevent black people from voting. And that is something I will do upon taking office is make sure that everyone who's entitled to vote will vote. Gotcha. All right. So moving on to the next topic, uh, it kind of ties in with this uh, age and fitness requirements for president and Congress. Should we institute that? Oh, fitness? Yeah. Age and fitness for running for office, like like actually taking office. So, for instance, the president is what, 70 something years old. Mm -hmm. 
So we should, we're saying, should you have a cutoff with the age and should you have enough fitness to be able to do the job? So okay. should that be a requirement for the president and for Congress? Hmm. Can I go first on that? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, well, I don't like that age thing. You know what I mean? Because I'm fixing it. but a number. I can tell you, I'm not the same person I was five years ago, let alone 10 years ago. So I'm, I'm a lot more mature. I'm less so I get to make more decisions now. Now, on the flip side of that, you know, everyone knows once you get to a certain age, you start losing things up here, you know? So it has to be a balance, I believe, with that. Um, and and I do believe that you should uh, be um, required to have some type of mental, um, not just a mental um, uh, evaluation, you should be give a psych evaluation, you know, because uh, everybody's an actor mm. before, mm. They, before they become president or like whatever. A, yeah, like I like how you did that. There's like great actors out here, okay? Yeah. Uh, and, 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 but after that, after the scene, after the election is over, the scene goes down, you say, well, wait a minute, that's not the person that I voted for. That's not the person that, and so then that's where the frustration comes in and the anger, you know, because mm -hmm. we feel a lot of times we feel stupid for voting for somebody that we thought that was going to do something and they turned out to be like we got played, the unfortunate norm, you know, and and when, and when, and when that happens, it, 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 it just builds on more frustration. So, yes, I do believe that it should be uh, 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 an age requirement, but just like everything else, it has to be layers, it has to be. You know, okay, they're they're uh, they're above fifty, but okay, what kind of psych eval they have? What kind of you know? Do they on the low? Do they hate women? You know? Do they do they uh, you know? Do they like uh, to beat uh, kids to get beat? You know, stuff like that. You know, and and when you start doing those type of evaluations, I once they see, okay, the, the candidate is for this, the psych eval says that, you match them together, okay. Thumbs up, okay, and and I and as far as the physical um, requirements, I mean I'm that's me at 53. I'm in transition. Some of my body's better than some 30 year olds. I know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and uh, and, 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 and and but physical requirements, I don't necessarily think that should be an issue because there's so many people who are dynamic and brilliant that don't have all their physical qualities. If you understand what I'm saying, they can be in a wheelchair or if yeah. you look at an FDR, you wheelchair yeah. be in the country, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and and so I don't think the physical thing should be a part of it, but realistically, it should be levels of that as well, okay? A physical requirement, yes, you're in a wheelchair, but if you're on a machine, how can you run the country? So it has to be a certain level to say, okay, if your health is depleting on this, or it's, uh, it may deplete on that, then you have to step down out of office, you know, and whoever is next to come in line should step up. And they should actually to agree to that. All right, Dwayne, hold on. Go ahead, Cam. Go ahead, Cam. Um, What's your I thought? Like, totally like where this is going. The psychological evaluation, brilliant. I, I really like that. We just, just something should be added. The physical evaluation, I agree. That's pretty awesome too. And you, Dwayne, you made an interesting point or a very valid point about FDR and his physical impairment. We shouldn't let that deter someone from taking the office. But here's what I propose: like, make it like a score, like a presidential rating score. 
So it's like you would have to take this evaluation, some sort of mental exam. Oh, if the candidate scored this on his mental exam, this on his psyche valve, this on his, his physical exam. So at the end, you would have like this score, like Cameron Ra meets like 99.9% score for, you know, for presidential, blah, blah, scored this on psych, this on, you know, fitness and, and, and et cetera. And then you could kind of line up the candidates like that based upon their stats. You know, I'm shooting my own horn, but I'm, I'm just uh, throwing a scenario. All right, so hold on. I got a comment <laughs> off of I got a comment off of IGY. <laughs> so Jay Love said, if the government requires their military to be up to par, then why can't we require our commander in chief to be that as well? Just yeah. So. And you bring a very interesting point because he is the highest, because our, even our generals, they have to pass some sort of physical uh, training. Absolutely, every right. year. However, because while the president is the head of the chain of command, he also falls into civilian as a civilian. Sure. So like that's something to take into consideration. But again, it's like how how dare legislators deter a quadriplegic who served his country in, in you know sure. Iraq or Afghanistan for running for office because he you know he or she lacks the the physical requirements. I think it should be taken into consideration, particularly mm -hmm. when you study history and you think about the founding of the nation. They were changing the capital like every day. They were bugging out like, yo, like what DC got overrun. Get on your horse, boom, we bugging out, bullets and bombs flying and shit. Like in the contingency mode, health is something to take into consideration. Absolutely. In the general age, I think that should never, age should never be a factor, particularly if you are, you know, as Dwayne said, man, like you, you and, I, and I know you, you, you fitter than uh, some 30 year olds, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. age should never be a factor as long as someone is mentally sharp, physically able, and they have the will and motivation to do the job, then that's what should be, um, that's all that matters. However, having some metrics to help voters make better decisions is yeah. not a bad thing. I agree. Um, mm -hmm. but another thing I wanted to chime in that we, I guess, didn't touch on. You also got to consider the Equal Import Employment Act. Yes. You also have to consider HIPAA, privacy of medical, blah, blah, blah. Right? Mm -hmm. Medical records and all this stuff. So... Now, I'm not saying we're going in and checking people's lipids and yeah, yeah. things of that nature, but like, yo, if you could take Secret Service into consideration, like there we have to evac the president and we got to move at a uh, move with a sense of urgency. Yeah, that these are things that have to be taken into consideration. So it's like, yeah, I get it. You know, if you're in a wheelchair, I'm not saying that's going to exclude it. But again, these are things that having metrics to help voters make uh, decisions because yeah voting matters it's pretty freaking important and uh, the more information the better so uh we're gonna transition real quick so we have a young man i'm gonna read the headline tell me what you guys think of this okay uh out of raleigh north carolina a 24 year old candidate won the republican nomination for the western north carolina congressional primary beating donald trump's choice for the seat recently held by his chief of staff wow. so how do you feel about somebody 24 years old running in politics like actually winning i'm thrilled and i'm uh i'm, I'm actually like 
yo, damn, man, like, I should have done this years ago, should have gotten into politics years ago, but this is what we need. Like, this is really what we need. We need young blood into the Senate. We need young blood in the Congress. And, you know, I meet the age requirement for president, and I'm relatively young, so it's up great America. But, yeah, how you feel about this, Dwayne? Yeah, I want to, I really want to with that question, huh? All right. Um... I want to be fair. Uh, I have a 27-year-old, and I have younger kids as well. And I and and I've worked in social services for a while with the youth. And I think, without me being biased, so to speak, I think what happens a lot of times when we're at a certain age, we throw from the hip a lot of times because it's just, and, and a lot of times we can't we can't act up. Youth acts on impulse, man, and, 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 and that's the dangerous thing when you're in politics, when you're on impulse, you know? It's like, oh, they did this, uh, no, 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 you can't do that, all right? You have to you have to reevaluate that. Now, I'm not saying, and all of my young people, I love y'all, okay? <laughs> I'm fly off on the handle a little bit, like that, okay? And, and, you, and, you, and next thing you know, you're trying to band on the gun top of Dwayne, I got but a rebuttal on, for that too when you finish. I'm gonna let you finish your thought, but I got a rebuttal for that. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, but on the flip side to that, uh, a lot of my peers that I deal with like now, it's not in my age bracket. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, so I'm talking about when it does, when it comes to business, when it comes to uh, certain other things, and an unfortunate thing when it comes to uh, a certain age over 40, sometimes they can, can, can be stuck in their ways. And if you're stuck in your ways and you're trying to change, that's not a good thing. So it's, it's, a, it's a balance that you have to be able to teeter-totter, so to speak. So uh, it's, it's, it's questionable for me a lot of times because there's so, so many layers that go into both, all right? But as far as 23, I gotta be honest, 23 only because I'm a dad and, 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 I, and I know from the ages, and, I, and sometimes I, 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 I some of the stuff that come out the youth mouth, and sometimes I gotta go like, and just just smile, okay? And, and then sometimes I just can't take other things. I'm like, ah, ah shut up, listen, that's yeah. dumb, hey, that. that's stupid, you know? And they be like, why you say that? I said, because of this, 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 and that. And they be like, oh, okay. But if they don't know, they're like, oh no, it feels good right now, let's jump on it. You can't do okay. that. But regarding what you was talking about, the uh, the gentleman out there, that one electoral uh, vote, I didn't hear that story and everything, but I think that's wonderful. If somebody in that age category can step up there with the big boys, I think that's dynamic. All right? Because uh, that youth right there, it's obvious that he has some type of educational, some type of uh, moral thing behind him to, to go against um, those numbers like that. So that's the, that's the flip side to that. All right, what about you, Cam? What you thinking? Um, as a message, oh, let me ask you this real quick. Thought of it. So, should there be a minimum age requirement to be able to run? Since we're talking about being too old, as far as I think Congress was the House of Representatives and Senate, mm -hmm. I think their age requirements are a little different than the AOC, AOC is. Um, she she was twenty eight ish, maybe it's twenty five. I believe. I is can't there, remember. Is the age requirement for Congress? No, it can't be Congress because this gentleman's 24. Yeah. 
So maybe it's it's 21. I can't say. Why are we even guessing at it? We're, we let's do our upgraders a service, and we'll find that out because I want one of our listeners out there to run for Congress. True. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this comment out while you're looking it up. But so, you have a rebuttal before that you was gonna get off your chest. Well, this is part of it. This is part uh, okay. Of- go ahead. Fire away. I'm gonna look up, up this uh, data. Huh? I'm gonna look up the age for Congress. Okay, I'm gonna I'm read this off real quick. So J Love said, not everyone is like that as far as impulsive, the youth, and all that. And she said it goes both ways with elders as well. And that was the point I was gonna make was we see what's in office now. He's very impulsive. We that's see true. other, you know, senators that's been in there for like 50 years, very impulsive. So it goes both ways. I think I think there should be a Obviously, I think there is some kind of training or political uh, test or assessment before you get elected. So say he won, maybe he should go through that like a workshop or something. I, I'm sure they do something like that to show him, hey, this is how this works. This is the decorum, social media. Hey, you need to be mindful of this, blah, blah, blah. So go ahead, Cam, with your info. Oh, so um, the Constitution requires that members of the House be at least 25 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's like, here's the thing. He's in the preliminary processes is of yeah. it. So technically, he wouldn't have to be 25 until he's like elected. Now, I noticed the same thing with uh, the presidency, particularly on the Democratic Party. There were so many candidates and a couple of them were 34. So they okay. didn't meet the age requirements to run, but they would have been the age by the time uh, they would have been elected. Gotcha. So yeah, okay. as I mentioned, I'm I'm for it. I think this is what we need. Younger people are more in tune with technology, more open to change. And I think there's a lot of resistance with, uh, you know, the old dinosaurs in the houses at the moment. We need to, you know, dust that place out and get some, some new blood up in there, you know, so, and uh, a radical independent president to uh, manage such. <laughs> So, Dwayne, what do you think moving forward? How should we bring along the youth in politics? How should we encourage them? And how should our more mature politicians usher in the youth and help them out in this process? We have to build the trust again because nobody, like I said, no one trusts each other. Yes, I agree. Whether whether it's it's from um, Willie Lynch syndrome or whatever the case may be, you know, we have to be able to... uh, um, be at a place where we trust our elders and on the flip side, trust our youth. Because a lot of the people in my age back, we scared of the youth. That's why we don't talk. Mm. You know, they hear stories about older people getting punched in the face. We know you we done seen that social media thing. All right. And at the point, I said, should I open my mouth to this, to this young person that punched me in the face? So we keep quiet. A lot of that's fear. So we have to uh, break down that fear that we have for that generation. You know, from the fear from the old elder against the youth and the youth against the elders, you know? And and, and all types of other things come in play with the resentment and this and this and that. It has to be a round table of, of, of uh, family, so to speak, and say, listen, we need to all get along and put things on the table. What are your views on that? Okay, because like I said, once you're... Uh, like 40 and over a lot of a lot of stuff in their way you know so this is the way we did it all the time da, 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 da. and then if i'm a youth and i'm listening to this i said i don't care you only hear the first few things that they're saying after that it goes to nothing 
okay? So it's like, I'm not on here. Anything else you got to say? See, that's why I don't vote. See, because of this, 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 and we don't want that. All right, okay. we have to come together. We have to build trust and, and, and alleviate the fear of each other. Gotcha. Ken, what do you think? Closing thoughts on this one? On this topic? Overall, um, I think we nailed it, bro. What about you? Um, yeah, I think coming together, I think, um, I guess I can pop this question in since we're on this topic of age requirements and all this. Should we, I think we, did we touch on this on uh, season one? We might have term limits on Congress and uh, the Supreme Court. Um, we did touch on the Supreme Court and um, I think uh, as far as maybe for uh, Congress and the Senate, Maybe, but I, I totally agree on that. Like you, sh there it becomes a big conflict of interest. Yeah. Like when it's like I could see if it's like, hey, I'm in this thing for four years, eight years at the most. But then when you're like, yo, I'm in this thing for life, like um, your your interest becomes secure in your job over you know, helping the American people and upgrading America. Like there's it's a big conflict, and I think eliminating those terms or you know that, that that would definitely help yeah i was about to say the same if i think if we had term limits on say uh senate because i think there there is a house of representatives but if we had term limits on senate i think that would help with the youth movement coming along because these people have to give up their power so you need to be already grooming somebody or mentoring somebody to take your position Interesting. I'm not, I, I like that concept of the transference of power. Exactly. Consolidated in few hands for too much time. Mm -hmm. And um, could you see any cons to that? To power current constantly shifting, constantly changing? Would that be progress from uh, or? No, I think. Well, I, the only thing I could say is you won't. Outsiders wouldn't get a shot at the seat if they already pretty much tapped who they're going to get to replace them. And then they just tell all their people to push behind them. Like I would say, like maybe a dark horse doesn't have a shot, would have less of a shot. But I would say overall, no, because it forces them to actually do their job while they're in. If you know, hey, I only got two terms. You got to bust a move. You don't have time to just sit back on your laurels. I know my constituents are going to keep me in for 50 years. And as I mentioned, that's what it really what seems to be the top priority. And I think if it was utilized more like that, because while it's, uh, you know, they, they say like holding the presidency for, you know, for, for life is kind of like a kingship, but holding a Senate seat for life wields a, a degree of power for a very long term as well. All right. but, um, uh, hold on real quick. So I had a comment. So somebody brought up a good point. Uh, my homegirl Tanika said, well, how are we going to see change if say the person going out of power, say the senator, but they're grooming the young person, wouldn't they follow the same policies or philosophies that they're outgoing uh, person did so how I'm could we counteract like that? that i'm not viewing it like that i'm saying it's like you have a gap mm -hmm. like um you're cleaning house okay not you, 
you can't assume that the apple's always gonna fall not fall too far from the tree. You know, you you can't can't assume that this the the clean house every uh, more more often. I think that's a great thing. I don't know. Great question, Tanika. Appreciate you. Um, you raised a valid point, though. Uh, let's see. We're gonna talk about. I don't know if you play uh, video games, Dwayne, but we're gonna talk about Xbox and PlayStation coming out. I'm the wrong person to talk to on that, brother. That's my business. So. <laughs> Hey, I'm the wrong person to talk to. I mean, I may sit and watch. All but, right. You know, yeah, yeah, I got I got enough vices. I don't need another one. I'll sit here. I won't be able to go to work sitting in front of the t uh, PlayStation all day. Because right, if I get more, if I get more flesh from the TV, I'll be getting a, uh, a pink slip. <laughs> got it. But, um, mm. What so about you, Cam? I'm prepared to discuss is I brought up the specs. Okay. And then maybe we can compare it from there. Like, yeah technical perspective i did not get to play it or see it i'm kind of how Dwayne is right now like don't get it wrong i used to be a gamer man yeah, i used to love playing games particularly metal gear solid in the final fantasy franchise but like if i get it now forget it like podcast gonna be edited like three weeks from now because <laughs> <laughs> it's like they are awesome they're really cool machines they help you escape and you know, like, you can live an entirely different life on the video game, but they sap time, man. And right now, time is, is very precious. But yeah. I can write down the technical specs. Okay. Google the PlayStation 5 specs, specifications. Okay. So the CPU is an AMD Zen-based CPU with eight cores at 3.5 gigahertz. So to compare... I want to say it's kind of what um, a computer is running as, as, as far as the CPU, but okay. I, I can double check on that. CPU 10.28, yeah, I don't even know what the, the hell this is. GPU, uh -huh. I don't even know what the hell any of this stuff is. All right, so hold on, cut through it, cut through all the babble, because Dwayne's like, all right, bro. And then I'm I'm like, all right, bro, too, so. Yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, personally, my personal experience, and I haven't touched the PS5, but I'm a Sony guy. I like the controllers. They're, they're small. Xbox was like this gargantuan thing. Yeah. And I have a little personal uh, conflict with uh, with Xbox when I was stationed in Italy. They didn't have a built-in converter, and I plugged it in Italy, and it exploded. PlayStation doesn't do that, so that's why I love them. But, I, got a, I, got oh, a question. I got a question for y'all. With, and this just goes back to what we was talking about, as far as if you, uh, a lot of elderly, or, or I'm gonna say over, I don't know how to say over forty because you, you guys that's forty been playing you know games for a minute. We'll, we'll say if you start educating the elderly on how to do these games, you you'd be surprised how much support you would get for that. Because <laughs> if I if 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 if, so, if my son gets so frustrated when I ask him how you do this, how you do this, and after thirty seconds, like, oh dad, after ten minutes, I was all oh, late for you. I don't want to do it, you know. But if somebody sat down and said, listen, you do this, you do this, you do that, all right. This is how you hold the controller. This is how you do this. This is what you do there. We'll be sitting there. Okay, now leave me alone. Yeah, here's the thing though. And, like these kids, they don't sit down there with the with the manuals. They just pop the game in and they play, and then you yeah. just learn by experience. Like I say, right, it's, right. for the most part, I can only speak on PlayStation. It's pretty user friendly. You just go and start pushing buttons until you you do something, and then you yeah. learn 
man. But like um, me personally, CJ, I, I haven't touched the thing. I'm, I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm, I, I would like it just to admire it because it is pretty sexy looking. But I, I am concerned it will pull me in. Particularly, uh, they remake Final Fantasy VII. Okay, but, these are my thoughts real quick, and then we'll move on to the next topic. Um, I'm not buying shit else, to be honest, because it's <laughs> expensive. It's a computer. Let's break this down. It's just another computer. So right now, basically, I'm going to give you like a snapshot. I basically have three computers. Okay. So if you think about that globally, I'm a one percenter right now. Spoiled ass American. So... I'm not buying a new system. Go for it. Let them get all the bugs out, all that stuff. Figure that thing out. But nah. And I'm with y'all. Like I do feel like it's good for escape. Good for uh, eye and hand coordination. Mm-hmm. It's good for uh, cognitive uh, exercise. So working that mind out for my mature folks. If you find a game you can play, they got Monopoly, all that stuff on there. Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. They got all that on there. So you're not left out. They got Tetris. They have all that kind of stuff on there. Um, for me, nah, I'm not buying it. I'd rather travel, you know, meet up with my man Cam, do our podcast on the same scene, stuff like that. I'm more of a traveler. Go out and have experiences. So, Yo, and that's what I heard, uh, that, like, our generation, we are more investing into experiences than mm-hmm. personal things. And, like, at my, my right age of 37 like yeah having this memories in the bank like just a, like yeah skydiving hiking and mud festivals and all these things of you know, that nature is like the experience is more important than these trinkets but yeah that's all i got on on the game system when you make that fully submergible uh, virtual reality yeah they get it I make <laughs> in that thing so we're going to talk about uh, this is our race topic uh, section of the program. So we're going to yeah the race card and how appropriate that our first topic in the race car is NASCAR. So we're going to talk about the Bubba Wallace situation. Um, I'm going to read off a quick part of it so you have like a general idea. Okay. So, um, let's see here. Where is it at? Fumbling here. Okay. So basically, Bubba Wallace is, I think, the only African American in NASCAR as a driver competing. Wow. And recently, NASCAR told Bubba Wallace that a noose has been found in his garage stall at Talladega. NASCAR made that discovery public Sunday night strong statement that threatened a lifelong ban for the perpetrator if they were caught. NASCAR called in the FBI on Monday morning to investigate. Um, This happened a few days ago for a point of reference. They did not find any uh, evidence that it was considered a hate crime or whatever. So, but access to the garage is very limited to crew the driver maybe i think the owner of the car any cctv cameras covering that i can hear of no so overall i mean nascar has banned the confederate flag 
being displayed at their races now. Also, they've done that during the Black Lives Matter protests, rebellion, civil disobedience, all that good stuff. But this happened, I think, right after, and they said it was several times that it happened. Now, so it's sad that it takes, uh, you know, it, it, it took the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Right? You just, you just snap. And I think it's just like all this racism, you know, black people have been taking racism, racism, bottling up, bottling it up, bottling it up. Like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, they they, they wash down uh, black history and everything and we just bottle it up, bottle it up. Rob kids going to Robert E. Lee High School, black kids going to, to they're just taking it in their face. And I think it's, it's, it's popping now, man. Yeah. It's, it's popping. Ooh. And it's real sad that people are like really like a noose. Like a, a, this is how people are, um, are, are are reacting, and it, it's sad, man. And yeah, it is. And you think that NASCAR would be progressing a bit more, but here we are. Anyways, yo, CJ, sorry to interrupt, man. Nah, you good. I wanted your perspective, Dwayne. How do you feel about seeing this? You come from generations back. Seeing it still being perpetuated in 2020, like I figure you would think we've been flying in flying cars or something based off the Jetsons or something like that. You know. But we're still dealing with racism like this. And NASCAR, let's be fair, is a Southern sport for the most part, and it came from uh, basically fast cars uh, delivering moonshine bootlegging back in the day. So that's the origins of NASCAR. It's bootleg. Um, so, how do you feel about this, Dwayne? Like, how how do you imagine Bubba Wallace feels knowing that there was a noose in his garage and not knowing who did it? You know, and having to deal with being in a basically predominantly white male sport. He's got to feel like one of the worst people on earth, like a lot, a lot of us feel. Um, especially to, to 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 have something like that happen in these days and times, and we have all type of cultures that we uh, befriend and have uh, relationships with, and it's and it's something that 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 goes through, especially somebody in my age that's seen so much over the yeah. years, and it's almost we become numb, you know, and it's and it's a sad thing, and it's a hurtful thing. And I and, and sometimes I can't even explain it, and it's and it's and it and it, and it, and it brings back a lot of pain, a lot of pain, because a lot of things. I think that these people, these I almost cuss. I'm sorry, these ignorant folks, all right, that that do these things where you find you see uh, people, uh, the photos of the people with their knees on on like they're making a joke on George Floyd's death and stuff like yeah. that, and and I. That's, the, that's ultimate disrespect and a slap, and not just a slap, a spit in their face, right? Yeah, so what, they did that to you, all right? So what, they're still doing that, all right? Did you think things change because now that you're making millions and da 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 da? No, we still hate you, Yeah. okay? And it's, it, it, just, it just hits your core because especially for somebody in my age that had to fight through so many industries to just to get to the level where I am, and it's yeah. a finally a breath of fresh air and to see some sugar honey iced tea like that, it makes you feel like nothing's changed. Mm. And your guard goes up. Your guard yeah. goes up towards the person that you've been working with for the past 10, 20 years. Okay. Mm. Look, mm. This noose right here, is that what you really feel about me? Mm. And I done been to cookout 
with you. I done been to company parties, you know, after we you know, had drinks. So I'm sitting out there feeling like an ass now, okay? Because I done befriended some of these people that I thought didn't hate me. Wow. And I had many experiences like that that I'm rather not get into right now. Yeah, we got okay? you. Okay? Right? So, it, it, it's, and I don't think, I don't believe they realize how hurtful it is. A joke is a joke, okay? And a joke is ignorant. When it becomes ignorance and hurtful, and when it can cause really some people to come after you, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything that, 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 that can, can apologize for something like that. Because an apologize, uh, apology is uh, uh, supposed to mean that you're really sorry for something, not not because you got caught, okay? And it's, 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 that's a rough one for me, man. It, 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 it's rough. Because me being an actor, I gotta keep smiling. Mm -hmm. You know, around people that I know hate me. Mm -hmm. You know, which I well, I've been blessed to internalize a lot of experiences and put them into the characters that I play. Okay, okay. and smile and, and politics and work in this industry and that industry. But we all know anybody who's African American knows if you're a racist or not within the first ten. Most times within the first minute that we meet you. Mm. Okay, but it's those. It's that. It's that. It's that one percentage when I talk about the good actors, okay? It's that one percentage that you're like, wow, I really like that guy. So you build yourself up of, of trusting a culture after all the stuff that's went on over the years, mm -hmm. okay? And then, damn, I should have never trust you. You know? And then not only that, how can you, I can't even, I, I can't even comment on that because it's upsetting. Yes. Yeah. It's upsetting when me hearing something like that because I experience stuff like that daily. Mm. Okay. And because when I'm when I'm an actor, I have to you have, you gotta grind, you gotta work here, do whatever you gotta do. And a lot of these jobs that you have to do, they look, they turn the nose up at you. Oh, look at him. He doesn't work. They don't know that I just did a film or whatever the case is, and and this is just money so I can feed my family. But they're looking at that blue collar book, like, look, you're just a little nigga. And, and it's hurtful. Yeah. He's your little, little, little nigga and I'm paying your stop. You know, and, and, and it's it's just a complete slap in the face. Mm -hmm. And and it hurts. And it hurts to and and and, and another thing I'm gonna say, I'm so proud. Mm -hmm. So proud of the youth for what's going on. All right. I'm so proud that I'm so proud that y'all was able to not get pushed back. Like my generation, and then one, two generations behind. I'm talking about all the way from Watts and North riots to when I was born into to Rodney King to uh, uh, Philando Castile to Sandra Bland. I mean, I'm you know, after a minute we were like, "Damn, come yeah. on." That's we, it. But it's a real touchy subject because it's hard to be politically correct when something like that happens. You know, so you find yourself in the industry, or no matter what it is, whether it be the NASCAR acting, you know, or if you're working at a restaurant, okay? Wow. That means all that you really hate you. And the sad part about it is they don't even know why you, they hate you. And if you really go back and they don't know why, but it's in, it's, it's in their DNA. Mm -hmm. my, my parents hated you. My grandparents hated you. My great-grandparents hated you. So I have to hate you. That's stupidity. Yeah. 
But um, you, you mentioned the DNA is one thing, and uh, I can see that as far as like um, epigenetics, they say like, they refer to epigenetics, particularly with eating greens, like greens can help change your DNA for the positive, but also cycles of hatred can change your DNA for the negative. And that seems to be reciprocated, you know, uh, continuously. And also it's being taught as well in, in the homes. But um, for NASCAR, again, you, 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 you interpret it as like they're doing it like a prank or as a joke. Like a noose is not a joke, that's a threat. Yeah. So I really hope that uh, our dear friend Bubba has increases his security. Yes. One, as in surveilling his garage. And two, you know, as personal protection, because a noose means is they, someone wants, that's the gesture of, of, of yeah, killing. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Um, I, I would advise him to, you know, step your security game up and find these fuckers if they ever try to uh, match you. But what else we got on, uh, on the agenda, bro? Okay, so the next story... We're trying to hit these quick because I know it's very emotional and we're fatigued of all these stories. Um, let's see, we got the Elijah McClain petition, all right? So this kid was killed in Colorado, I think last year. Um, let's see, 23 years old, he had medical issues so he had to wear a mask and I think he had on a hoodie. And officers, let's see, uh, he was walking home from a local convenience store, 10.30 at night, August 24, 2019. So the police department got a call, a suspicious man wearing a ski mask. They tried to stop him. They said he was actively resisting, and they said he was trying to grab one of their guns. They put him in a carotid hold, or carotid hold, applying pressure around his neck, restricting blood flow to the brain. He went unconscious, fire department and paramedics were called to assist and injected him with ketamine to sedate him. Yeah, I thought that's the stuff they put cats to sleep with. Uh, nah, I'm not sure when they, you talking about when they euthanize them or something like that? I thought so, or maybe they did that to neuter him. I don't know. Right. But overall, that's what happened. He, he said he couldn't breathe. He vomited, he was sobbing before he died. Um, then, oh, you know, we talked about K-9. So I guess there is a K-9 on scene. One of the officers told McLean, if you keep messing around, I'm gonna bring my dog out and he's gonna bite you. So, let's see. Um, I'm just looking. I think that was it, so. Basically, they're trying to get justice for him now due to the current climate. And the question was, why is, I mean, we kind of know, but I want to explore. Why do you think justice is so slow when it comes to these cases? Uh, <clears throat> oh, you can go ahead. You want me to go? Yeah, go ahead, Dwayne. Why do I think justice is so slow when it comes to certain cases? Hmm. Because no one wants to admit that they're wrong. All right. So, uh, basically, you know, they're wrong. They're wrong because if they're wrong, then okay. The first thing they're thinking about is li liability. How much money we're going to pay out because they know they shouldn't have did that. 
And what happens is uh, now in the past five, 10 years, there's so many cases of uh, brothers and sisters being released that were innocent and, and they hitting them. They hitting them with these million dollars, whatever million dollar uh, things. All time million some dollars. Are, some are getting it, some are, you know? But the fact that they're saying, listen, we can't pay no more money out. Okay, so let's try to drag this out as long as we can so they can forget it back. Mm -hmm. That's what I that's what I believe. What about you, Cam? What do you think? I mean, I'm saying it's like they're trying to be thorough and there's a lot of angles to cover with it. But I, I am kind of liking uh, Dwayne's response where it's like, as soon as you uh, you admit to uh, to negligence or that you're at fault, then you're, as he mentioned, you know, we're talking liabilities and payouts in the millions. Yeah. And we're defunding police and, you know, cities are going bankrupt and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Now, who's doing the investigation? Um, let me see. Because if you're talking about internal affairs or the police unit itself, self-investigating itself, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, wouldn't be surprised if it's up to infinity. But if you're talking about with the feds, the feds tend to move slow, you know, with, uh, with their investigations. Um, I'm trying to see. Uh, well, the DA told, let's see. Uh, who did they tell? The DA told somebody they don't open up uh, cases due to petitions. So basically they're saying petition is useless. Well, that's why I'm not a big fan of signing them. And I suppose I'm going to throw this in there while you're looking for something. Okay. There's a, a mayor, I forget of what city and town that she released all the names of the people trying to defund the names and addresses of the people trying to defund Oh, the wow. So like, yeah, that was a cut move, but um, that's another reason I'm not a big fan of petitions because they have no weight. Like people signed this petition to get Trump removed. Like yeah. why? He has like a hit list, so he goes down the name of the list and systematically has them suicided or something. I'm uh, trying to see if, let's see. So the governor looks like made the DM uh, the DA, I'm sorry, reinvestigate and possibly prosecute the officers. So the district attorney? Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, it's like, remember, they're, they're I don't want to say a one hand washes the other type of system. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, don't expect to get much from them. Okay, so hold on. So Aurora City Council, this happened in Aurora, Colorado, will mm -hmm. debate July 6th whether to hire a third party investigator. Getting ready to say that, can third parties be interjected and then if only just to get the truth out and then yeah. push to hold, you know, these, these people accountable? Because having the district, having the county investigate the county. Yeah. <laughs> you surprised the results. So what was the other, um, oh, I guess my input is, yeah, justice is slow intentionally, just like with the voting process, gerrymandering and changing all these requirements constantly and redistricting and all this stuff. It's kind of the same concept. If you got the money, you can make stuff move quicker. That's what it boils down to. So it seems. Um, yeah, it's best. 
I know you had something about a sex tra traffic victim um, kills abuser makes parole. Did, I don't know. I think you had the info on that. Yeah, so it was like, um, I really don't have too much info on that. This was more of a rapid headline thing. I know okay. people were following the story. There's a young black lady. She was uh, more or less, she was raped in, I believe, sex trafficking, and she killed the guy. Uh -huh. And actually holding her for quite some time, and she finally was eligible for bail, I believe the, the headline said. But, um, I, I, I don't know, man. It's like um, this whole justice thing is, it's, I don't want to say it's, it's weird, uh, but it's, it's, it doesn't seem to work the same way when you're black. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about uh, sex trafficking and, uh... yeah, what do you think about sex trafficking, Dwayne? What are your thoughts on it? In I think it's disgusting, one. Mm -hmm. I got kids. Yeah, I worked in the social service uh, industry, and I work with Dyfus. And some of the stories you certainly hear, no one knows what what these kids go through. That's why, and they go through all these things, and they keep silent. And it's a silent abuse that they go through. So by the time they get eighteen, we wonder why people can go walk up onto someone and just blow their head off and not feel anything. Okay. Um, whew, really. Um, I think. <clears throat> Let me just say this one thing, okay? And I'm, I'm going to talk off the uh, off the cuffs for a minute. I work okay. at, uh, as a concierge, okay? It's one yeah. of my jobs. And many times I see certain things, people going in now, especially to you, okay? And they get surprised when I sit there and they have an older gentleman here. And I talk to them and that's like, what are you doing? Why are you here? Why are you out? Do you know? And, and they look at me with such shock, like, you know, why are you asking me that? Don't you know I can cuss you out? Gonna, yeah. I said, but there's one that care about you, all right? Regardless if don't nobody see anything else, I care about you. And a lot of times they they don't know the ramifications of that. One in particular story I have, it happened during the pandemic and I'm one of the essentials here, all right? So so I was there and you know, people are stuck in and, and these it's two, two black girls mm -hmm. came in there I let them in, right? One was out on the way out, and the dad and me just kicked in. And this was one of those days where they had like a thousand people, and you know, protesting there. And it's like two, three o'clock in the morning. Okay. okay. And, and and I stopped. I said, "Where are you going?" And she looked at me like I was from Mars. I said, "Yeah, I'm talking to you. Where are you going?" She said, "Oh, I want to find something. That, you know, something." I said, "Everything's shut down. Everything's closed." especially right now even if it was open it would be closed because of what's going on and she's looking at me like i said yeah and she's looking at me like she ain't gonna listen to what i'm saying so the dad kicked me i said get your ass back in there and go upstairs yeah she says yes i said i'm sorry i don't mean no harm but i care and then i almost went into i said do you know there's sixty thousand missing black women and girls all across the country huh where do you think they're gone? The parents and the families, uh, I can't imagine what they're going through right now. Yeah. Okay? I am say it's not 60, it's not 600, not 6,000. 60,000. Yeah, we covered okay. that. And, 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 and she looked at me like uh, with a deer in headlights. And I was like, no, they don't care about you. They won't find you. 
if you go out here and somebody pick you up and you'll be found somewhere or you'll be in the back of somebody's van somewhere and, and, and all they got to do is, is transform you and you'll do whatever they say. So I need, and I say that is young people, please, please have a little bit more sense about you. Don't be walking down the street at a certain time of night because you're tough or because you got a gun, a gun in your pocket or a knife. You still can get got, okay? And because it's, and what you have to also realize is, is, is money. You're a money. You're like almost a, a sex slave. That means if somebody can get X amount of dollars off of you, they don't care nothing about your life. They don't care nothing about your age or nothing. Okay? So I, I need I need my, my, my people to be a little bit more wiser because I see it all the time. And, and, and as an elder, you know, they look, oh, get out of here, OG. I said, don't OG me to death. Okay? Yeah, Listen, let me ask you a question real quick. So, yes. like, um, we discussed this on the show as well, but yeah. what if sex trafficking or prostitution was legal for consenting adults. Now, I'm talking about no young underage shit. I'm talking about adults, 18 or over. Do you think this would help mitigate some of the illegal sex trafficking if there were a mainstream option? Even with my Christian background and everything, and, and me being a, a, a man of God and stuff like that, I, I think that's a wonderful idea. And the reason why I say that is prostitution is the oldest job in the world. Okay? Yeah, it's the oldest job. So if it's regulated to a certain spot, you know, and they can pay taxes on it like any other business, okay, and it's safe because people are getting screened, whether they have venereal diseases or whatever the case is going in and out, okay? Like they have everybody coming here, everybody going to see before you can walk in the place, what's your temperature? All right, that, that, that'll that drain down all of that. Okay, and all the ones that wants these sex trafficking young girls, they said, listen, am I going, if they got issues going on, let me let me weigh this out. I can legally go over here and have sex, mm -hmm. or I can go here and risk this, this child. Because hear me out. It's like, if you did that and it's legal, Say you have a thousand law enforcement that are dedicated to stopping prostitution right now, and this is just an arbitrary number. But if you took those thousand law enforcement and you said, okay, now you don't have to worry about the legal game because it's legal over here, it's being regulated. Now take that same amount of manpower and focus it on the people who are doing it illegally and on the, the child sex workers and things of that nature, because you ain't gonna stop that, that game. Yeah, itself, it's the oldest profession in the world. You might as well regulate it, tax it, because heavens knows we need the money. And um, again, you're streamlining it and then focus on that limited black market for the people who are, are doing this uh, illegal sex trafficking. And it definitely dropped the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Right. common sense. And it dropped the numbers. It, it's almost like uh, legalizing marijuana. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, you, uh, uh, somebody who has smoked marijuana and says, listen, I want to go someplace where I can feel comfortable and not have to, you know, because I think I'm going to get arrested, all right? But if I'm in a state, whether it be California, Colorado, D.C., or wherever, they have legalized marijuana. And I'm like, listen, I'm so more comfortable, right? And you know what? I'll pay more money. 
yeah. pay more money to, to get that than for that. So it, it's just. And here's another thing too. It's like a lot of law enforcement they use that marijuana clause to open up for other crimes. Like, oh, what's that green leafy substance right there? Because it's prohibition. Um, it's prohibition in other states. That's probable cause and, and things of that nature. But like just legalizing it with so so many problems like all these angry people out there would be like yo you mad piss up smoke a joint relax so i got another question for you Dwayne. you know we, we we're on the upgrade america podcast and we're all about policy and finding solutions if cops were permitted to smoke weed on their off-duty time I believe they do anyway, but go ahead. They would, do you think they would? No, if they are permitted, like legally, okay. they don't have to do it like and have their kids pee in a cup so they, you know, they pass their drugs. That's like they're permitted to do it. Do you think they would be so aggressive on duty? I'm not saying it would be an end all, cure all, but would it slightly? You know, I, I do think it would be aggressive. You know why? Because they're pushing the agenda. Okay. Um, you have to also know that I've, I've worked in social services, I've worked in the jail system. Everybody who's locked up right now is worth about $80,000 to $100,000, okay? You say how many? So most to $80,000 every one person. For one person, oh, yes, you're right. Hold on, you said $80,000 to $100,000? Yes. Well, okay. $80,000 to $100,000, right. part. I, 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 the calculation years ago has probably went up since then. You're talking about because, uh, yeah, we uh, covered it a couple of years ago. Multiply that number by the millions of people. That, I'm sorry? We When we covered it a couple of years ago, it was about 67. And you're right. The price went up. Mm -hmm. But you're, you're making a very great point. You're saying eighty dollars to $100,000 per person in jail and in prison? Yes. So okay. if you multiply that by the amount of people who's locked up, that's not a billion dollar, it's just a trillion dollar industry. And because it's a trillion dollar industry, it's almost like reforming. Why would I reform when it's taking money out of my pocket? Um, and and I, I get what you're saying on that, the whole prison industrial complex. And we actually had something on there is how you could reform it. Yeah. And uh, I, I can break it down for you. Right now it's like, yeah, we're spending trillions of dollars to keep people in cages. And essentially, you're, you're conditioning human beings to be animals because you're keeping them in the cage. What I propose, you can still make money off the prison industrial complex, but build comfortable housing units for the prisoners. Build freaking, like, make it like a hotel. In exchange for these nicer features, have prisoners conduct and I, and I say it, it has to be volunteer labor. It has to be volunteer labor or it's going to be slavery. So in exchange for better conditions, you know, like have the prisoners do some, you know, some light labor, whether it's helping clean up the 12 billion tons of plastic that's in, you know, in America, you know, we can find a way to do that. But there's a way to reform prison and we, we can do far better than what we're doing now and everyone can have their piece of the pot. Right. Um, so I guess my thoughts on it, um, yeah, just legalize prostitution. I'll cut down on it. Yeah. I you guys. And as far as prison reform at this point, 
Yeah, I think we can come up with a lot more innovative ways. We got examples globally on how to make it better. Yes, indeed. Um, the biggest thing is keeping the humanity in humans when they do make a mistake, when they do do wrong. And then you do have those exceptions where they're too far gone that you have to find another creative way to, um, what do you call it? Uh, reform. Rehabilitate, yeah. Rehabilitate, yeah. Um, but I, I agree and I think it, it should be, the prison should be transferring like for the nonviolent criminals, as I mentioned, that whole hotel type of uh the whole hotel type of setting because your punishment is the restriction of your time and the freedom of movement it says yeah. nothing about like yo you got to be in the cage and like chain to the wall and shit. don't say nothing about that now yeah. for for the violent criminals i think that prison should be, become more of a hospital type setting you're talking about rehabilitation sitting in the cage with the you know with, with other criminals who are like and then you're you're facilitating violence and rape and, and everything you're permitting that to occur like that is it's so barbaric and prehistoric for someone who claims themselves to be a sovereign nation but then again they still didn't pay reparations for slavery so yeah so that's a they whole can't pay it back they can't afford it they don't have it anymore <laughs> uh, again they can pay it back. You could, I they would give a plan. Take they it give no dollars. Precisely. See, you, you're on my <laughs> vibration, bro. Because that's where I was going. I said, I will gladly take it in the form of rent and some money to uh, to build a mega city in the desert. Like, you know, we can, we can build a little uh, Wakanda in Death Valley. But I mean, like, if you really want to offer, offer us something, I know that whole 14 trillion, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. But, White folks will burn this nation down before they even get a dime of that. So I have another some land, I, some land like you, like you said, Dwayne. And then we—that's a—that's a good point to start negotiating. I have another point to put with that. Please. Okay. Uh, when they can't get us any finance, uh, any money, because uh, until the past years we found out how much is really owed out for this country. Okay. Um, over eight trillion. If we have black businesses, why not have them us, uh, pay us a higher tax rate for the goods and services that they do? So, opposed to whatever state tax rate is, let's add another 20, 30% on that. That's the way to pay back. That's so just an idea. So, just a reversal on that. Like, I'm sorry? But you have your own business, right? I have my own business. So, and you're saying. What if your tax, what if you paid less taxes? Meaning you got your reparations in the form of a tax break. Yes, that would be perfect. That's a that's something. Yeah, I, I would be willing to accept that. So because that's part of my reparation, I don't pay taxes for that. I don't pay taxes for. I don't pay taxes for anything. I'm we with paid that. our taxes. Our ancestors paid our taxes. I'm with that. You talking my language now. I heard I heard some key things that right there. Okay. You can't give us you can't give us reparations. We can never be able to pay taxes again. So I want to entertain your ideas, but how does that work? Is that exclusively for Black Americans who can trace their lineage to slavery? Must there be some sort of DNA test to validate that? Like, because again, when you have people who are immigrating into from Africa. Are they eligible for these as well? Or now, again, I'm gonna throw a, hold on, I got another monkey. <laughs> okay. Now let's talk about biracial people. 
Or they do they get as I'm taking my ladies joke over here, do they get fifty percent off? These are things that we have to discuss. Yeah, yeah. That is but those are certain dynamics. I, I mean that's just a blank everything as far as the ideas, I think they're wonderful, but there's always things that have to be molded. There's things about layers that have to be okay, what about this? What about that? It's just you know what? Everything is in black and white. There's a lot of gray areas that well, has we can to make be it black and white. Too. The ideas that we're saying right now, and then for all our listeners out there, anyone can write a bill. You don't have to be a politician to write a bill. We can draft this bill and then we can build on it. And, and as I mentioned, how we should be voting for policy and not people. You know, yeah. we we can pass this to, to to a lawmaker, but um, I like these ideas. I really do. Um, excited. I'm throwing, throw a little bit of background for all these. I would say uh, black immigrant groups. Yeah. Um, they can send their grievances to the people who colonized them. So mm -hmm. Caribbean has that. Caribbean is their own organization. They can go to all the countries that uh, colonized them. Africa has their own situation. They can go to the countries that colonize them. That ends all that discussion on that. So then let me ask you another question. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's really important. Like, should black Americans be seeking reparations from uh, the UN? Mm. UN like, well, uh, I mean, wow. These guys ain't going to, like America ain't trying to help us. They still fucking us up. <laughs> Give us some money. Wow. Um, that's, that's a way to push the movement for but at the end of the day we know who the powerful player is in the un it's america mm -hmm. so what if america itself threatens all right we pull out the un y'all got this all on your own you know how much we finance the un i know we finance nato quite a bit but i know the un is comprised of a lot of powerful players i mean let's find that out i'm, I'm curious to see let's uh, get some live data on the update oh by the way ketamine is used Ketamine is also often used to quiet nervous cats. Mm. Well, and wow. other animals that they say as well. Oh, and they 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 also use it on primates too. Oh wow! So we're looking up how much does America play? How much U.S. pays U.N. Let's see what pops up. So the U.S. government contributes ten billion to the United Nations. That's not so much. I'm curious what their entire budget is. In yeah. 2018, the most recent fiscal year was full data about two thirds of the total cost was voluntary and third was assessed. The rep this represents roughly one fifth of the 50 billion the United States spends annually on foreign aid. So that I guess that falls into our foreign aid. But you're yeah. right, America could easily pull out of the UN. But at the same time, to put that showcase, to have them showcase, because right now, what the UN is focusing on is a lot of countries in Africa. And mm -hmm. there's there's several countries that they, they've all come together and they're like, yo, like, we're not going to take it no more. And they're giving them a lot of attention. But at the same time, as far as, like, for racism and things of uh, that nature, like, America, I don't want to say leading the charge, but... For once, some for a country so sovereign and so great, we're dealing with a lot of, uh, of BS. So to put them front and state, front and center, in front of the global stage, and be like, "Listen, we have protested, motherfuckers rioted, and they still mm -hmm. not giving us equality." UN, what can you do for us? 
Well, Malcolm X tried to do that tragically before he passed. So You're absolutely right. Example of that, and that is what America was like. Nah, we don't like that. So we gotta handle this. So you you put that very uh you you really put that so elegantly, and um, you have a point. But now it's to the point where it's like the world was much smaller. Yes. And at the time of Malcolm X, and it's just like there's a lot going on, and in those times as well. But you can't can't hide it yeah you know, you know the whole world is protesting for george floyd and um as it, the un as this conglomerate of nations they they got to do something well this is the one thing i'll put on this and i'll let duane have any closing words on this topic mm-hmm. um also understand the un has an agenda as well which we highlighted they in a couple of and then they, they took it down <laughs> Also understand their uh, mistakes or uh, oversight on human rights issues as is in other countries in the first place. They're not that clean of an organization either. They're pretty grimy as well. So let's put that on the table as well. It's another devil to deal with. Well, my, my main thing that I'm getting from it was putting uh, America further in the spotlight and pressure to deal with racism and in, in, in America. But what you're you th- absolutely right. What do you think, Dwayne? Last closing thoughts on this topic. Repeat the topic again. Oh, just we're oh well, we're just talking about um the UN. Should we should I guess black Americans go to the UN to push for our human rights to be acknowledged so we can push for reparations. From out using outside pressure to push for reparations. As you said, you know who it's the big majority of the United Nations, and um, I, I, I don't I don't know if I have a direct answer for that because um, it's it's like going to it's like going to the warden when one of the CEOs is is is, is messing with you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Or going to the, the sergeant of police when 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 a cop when a rookie or something does to you, they're gonna look at you like and. I'm sorry, I, I don't have too much of a. I wish I could be more. I get what you're saying, but it's like it's one thing for you know for us to ask America for for justice and and quality. It's another thing to ask the UN is if the UN says go fuck yourself, then the world's gonna see that too, you know. And this for me, I think it's something to, to consider. Gotcha. All right. So we're moving on to the next topic. These are all under rapid headlines. So we'll try to keep them a little shorter. Um, Did you guys hear about the Saharan dust storm that's supposed to be coming to the Caribbean over this weekend? Was it going to release through Florida? Was Florida going to get any of that? Because I thought it was in the southeast of America. I heard. I haven't seen any evidence of it hitting here. Okay. Uh, Maybe more the coastal. How do you feel about, uh, I guess, global what climate change? Do you think this is a product of climate change, Dwayne, or do you think uh, other people I've seen said this is the ancestors protecting us? Mm-hmm. So I've I've heard you know things of that nature. What is that? I want everybody to Google the harp. H A R P. Now you're okay. talking eighteen. H-A-R-P, harp, called the harp. You're talking about the harp? 
No, it's, it's spelled H-A-R-P, the heart. Because I'm familiar with one heart, it's a weather machine. Yes. We're talking about the same thing. It's in Alaska, right? I believe it's all over. Uh, hold on, heart project. Aren't yeah, go ahead. It's it's H A A R P. Right. And this is a heart project. So mainly conspiracy theories, but it's, it's been validated that this thing exists. Yeah. Um, so it stands for high frequently active auroral research program. But yeah, this thing has been known to cause hurricanes and earthquakes. Wouldn't be surprised if it could muster a dust storm too. But go ahead, uh, Dwayne, to please tell us a little bit more. Uh, I believe that um, it's an unfortunate thing that uh, in order to get control, a lot of people think that force is only way to do that. And if and if and if things can happen and it can be blamed on another source like the weather, on why things are happening, they want to blame God and, and Mother Nature. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, and, and there's so many, so many uh, situations and, and, and things. In the past five years, I know the weather has changed. It's in the middle. Of, we didn't have not one snowstorm this year, did we? I don't, Where I was, I don't think not so. One snowstorm. I don't believe it's snow. In my in my lifetime, I, that's never happened. Mm. And I'm 53. Wow. Okay. So I don't I don't I don't believe in a coincidence, an accident, and I, and I'm really at a place where I'm rolling with the punches so much. I'm hoping my face on the HR like HR puffs and stuff. But we have to take our blinders off and look at the reality of what's going on. All of a sudden, there's a wave, and I, I don't know about the other waves that you're talking about. I've seen the wave in Texas. And I sat there in tears, looking at the this cloud over the city of Texas. Mm -hmm. What's going on? What's going to happen to all those people in Texas? Yeah. I think, and and with everything going on with the corona and the, people are scared to go to the hospital. I wouldn't go to the hospital unless unless I was on my deathbed right now. <laughs> on your deathbed, you might as well stay where you are. <laughs> exactly. You know. But it's like uh, I, I I do gotta ask because you did mention that you are um, you, your your beliefs your your spiritual beliefs as well, yeah. and um, big fan of the Bible. Like, is what do you think, man? Is this biblical? Are we in the tribulation? My buddy, he's a, he's a shout out to Mario. He's he's a, a real uh, strong believer. It is he biblical. These are the the birth pains. The birth of what? He says these are the birth pains. It is. Is uh things will get far worse as described in the the biblical book of Revelation. Yeah, that's we've it. seen hornets, we've seen plagues, and now we're seeing dust storms. But I do believe there is a verse in there about the weather and how the weather is going to be like all messed up and changed in the Bible as well in the end times. Don't quote me directly. I'm sure I can Google it. But. <laughs> well, any last thoughts? I mean, I don't really have nothing. I look at it, too. I look at it both sides. So me and Cam have gone back and forth about this. I look at it as I do think there's something to the ancestor. Because looking where it's coming from, if it's coming from the Sahara, 
that makes a lot of sense just like all hurricanes originate from just a certain part of africa every year i live in florida so we have to deal really? with this every year yes i did not know that. west west africa they pretty much start every year from the same area so i look at it both ways i i do believe there is weather, weather manip manipulation yes i do think there's some things you can't explain in the spiritual realm that contributes as well because one thing we can say about mother nature like without gmos and all this all this manipulating it always finds a way it always adapts indeed yeah. nature is a very powerful force absolutely like she is um takes time like what man tries to do man tries to mimic nature's power you know and, and has quick it's pretty much quick fixes but more or less they, they tend to have uh, some sort of negative side effect take your pharmaceutical cure versus your natural cure mm -hmm. there's uh, there's always a trade-off and we I know we, we mentioned types of civilizations in, in the past on the podcast. Like eventually humans are going to find out how to get energy from entire galaxies, you know, from an entire sun. And right now we're in the, we can't not control nature. And we've been trying the harp you're talking about when, like I, I, did, I did some studies on, on that myself. So I'll break it down for you. It's like a big, it's like consider a field of antennas. And then they're shooting electricity up into the air. And it's, I'm not even gonna get into the weeds and the science. If they're using that, those uh, electro, whatever the hell, to manipulate hurricanes and, and other things of that nature. It's, it's a, you, you hit the nail on the head, Dwayne. Like, imagine you have beef with another nation and you don't send your military in, but a hurricane just wipes them out. Because I dare say a hurricane has more power than, uh, well, no, because we got nukes. Military got nukes. But a hurricane has so much power, devastating power. If you could control that and then it wasn't me, it was the hurricane. You know, it's perfect alibi. But it's in, it's in the works, something to consider. But ancestors, as far as the ancestors and stuff, yeah, totally believe in that. I, I believe nature in itself is a spirit. And everyone talks about, oh, we need to do this because we'll kill the planet. We'll kill. Man cannot kill the planet. Man can only kill the fragile ecosystem he requires to live. Like even if we people bomb this thing to hell in a thousand, if not a million years, like life will reflourish and on on the planet and it'll start anew. So it's like nature is a very powerful force, and we cannot tame it. Like we we, we need to have some respect for it. Um, so the next topic is kind of in corporate America, but these CEOs and these heads of uh, Fortune 500 companies and all that have been getting backlash for their comments involving the protests, civil disobedience, all this kind of stuff. So one of the latest victims is CrossFit founder Greg Glassman. I'm not sure exactly what he said, but he said something basically that didn't go over well and he's selling his company. As a result of that, it's like yes. it's almost like once you become too powerful and you have your company is publicly traded, you should like not have Twitter. That's it's true. Just, or it's it should be like it sends it all, and it gets that. intercepted yeah. by like your 
by like your your public affairs team, and then they screen it, and then they release it. Because people are like they're they're saying stupid shit, and it's affecting their their companies. It's affecting their stock price. Like, so right, what do you- it's a sensitive time for, for you know for, for for the nation, and it's like you can't just as you quote uh, quote Dwayne Ross, can't just fire off at the hip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, gotta- <laughs> you can because you know the uh, repercussions for stuff like that. And I, and I think, you know what I think is, I think is because it's been like this for so long, they don't think there's any repercussions for things that they say now. But what happens is since, since uh, um, what happened to George Floyd, it's opened up so many eyes mm. outside of our own culture, okay? Yeah. And I, when you look at the protesters all across the country and even the world, it's more of them on there than it is us. And I'm like, wow. Mm. And, and they're probably saying, well, wow, they've been saying this all along and we didn't believe it until it's in front of their face. Then they're saying, you know what? And we don't know what type of dynamics other cultures have. There's a lot of interracial couples uh, uh, out there. There's people who have grandparents or, or relatives that may be white or whatever the case is. And they're saying, wait a minute, or black. And they're saying, they're saying wait a minute. We are wrong for even investing in somebody that that is against, you know, what we've been lied to about. But let's pull all our funds out of there. Let's pull it out. And that's what's happening. So it's not even that he really cares. It's that because the, the money is gone. So he had to sell a company before he lost the company. Mm. Well, it's like a lot of these CEOs and a lot of these corporations, they're saying all the... Black Lives Matter and everything, and this I think it's because they're acknowledging like the power of black spending, and it's just like, yo, we gotta least act like we care because black people spend a lot of money on our platforms, like Nike. Yeah, y'all better say something. Like black people are putting your kids through college, like. Uh, and, and that's why what, I, what I, I feel like it is right now, but I'm curious with this uh, how they wield their political power, because all these corporations they have political power, like how they'll wield that in the for, in the future on behalf of the black community. I don't know. Go ahead. I believe if if the more if we're more educated now, especially within the past couple years, I believe. And because I've been talking about this for so long and I get so tired of people calling me a conspiracy theorist, then I stop talking. I said, oh, okay. Still to this day with everything going on, and they'll be like, oh, come on, Dwayne. I'm like, okay. So and after you get that so often, it's like, let me just sit back and look and watch and hopefully somebody would wake up, okay? And you guys have woken up, thank God, all right? <laughs> and, and by you waking up, it's got to be more of a wake up. It's more having more of joining. And I'm talking about even from the Willie Lynch syndrome on down. Yes. And once we start breaking down our own barriers and say, okay, listen, let me erase all that BS that happened in the past and let's start afresh new and say, okay, what do you think about this, 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 and that? Right? And not be jealous because I got a new car or I got a new job. and. You know how our culture works, okay? Um, but there's uh, a systematic racism that goes back hundreds and thousands of years, and they don't even realize it, you know? And our own people don't even realize it. And when you don't realize something, 
and all of a sudden you get woken up. I believe it makes you angry. It makes you angry and more stick your chest out a little bit more. Like, okay. But when you stick your chest out a, a little bit more, you have to sit down and say, okay, let's do some rationale here. Okay, let's start breaking things down. How do we work together as a culture so this never, ever, ever happens again? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Because if we can work together and say that it doesn't happen again, as soon as we see something coming, like, ah, I see that coming. Get out of here with that. Yeah. The point is simple. When they was talking about all these vaccines and they wanted to go to Africa, I don't know the people in Africa said, we don't want your help. Thank you. Hell yeah. Nah. You see what I'm saying? They need the resources. They, they, they finally woke up and said, listen, no, don't come in here. We don't want nothing from you. So we have to be able to be able to think a little bit more. And we have to forgive each other too. That's a lot of stuff because we don't forgive each other. That's why we can't work together. I agree with We're hurt. That. Okay. But um, yo, what else we got on the agenda, CJ? Um, I say we do one one other thing and then just close it on out. All right, cool. Uh let's see. Got a lot to choose from. Um, Let's save the defender ones and the military ones for uh, for the next episode. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know. Got that defender um, that may be coming on as well, so yeah. maybe you know, we yeah. can save that those for him. Did you what want to talk you? about? Uh, you want to talk about the cases in Europe? You want to talk end on that note or? Almost um, what's happening in Europe as far as talking about how they weren't letting U.S. people. Basically, people from the U.S. travel, even though they're opening up abroad. Yeah, and I guess it's like they're—it's kind of a way of saying America doesn't have their stuff together, so they're not letting us into country. Another thing I thought fascinating, yo! Shout out to to Joe. Um, who else is overseas? Yo, shout out to Stu. Everybody that's overseas, man. Yeah. And you know that, and it sucks that you know you, if you can't PCS. And PCS for all you civilians, meaning permanent change of, of duty station. And that's like leaving your base to go to another base. Or, you know, for the people who are downrange, yo, thank you for your service. Whew. What a what a place to be stuck in, you know. And uh, just stay strong. Uh, the military is very efficient, and I'm very confident they're going to find a way to keep, you know, things rotating and, and get you guys and gals home. But, um... Yeah, overall, right. overall, it seems like the rest of the world has handled coronavirus very efficiently, very prudently. Mm-hmm. Um, what should America learn? I guess we'll close on this. What should America learn from the fact that these countries are opening up but not letting us come over there? What should America take in consideration moving forward how we need to improve this country as far as a response? Bro, like, again... I am so ambivalent on this corona thing because it's clearly being weaponized. And when I, I discuss with uh, different sources in my intelligence circle, like numbers are being inflated for political advantages and also for power games. So it's like, who's to say we're not doing everything as as good as, uh, as other countries? What are they doing different? You know what I'm saying? And, and like, I, I really don't know. Because it's not like we're sending reports from our labs and stuff. I, I dare say they're getting their information from the media. Yeah. 
and we are, there's a lot of people who are in the dark with what's really going on in this. Because I don't want to counter with how would, what would you do different? Because when when we take power and COVID is still popping, like what what would you do different? Uh, keeping on. This is me. Uh, keeping on lockdown. Uh, make sure everybody gets exercise, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I would focus more on natural, natural remedies and wellness. I would push that more. Definitely. I don't think that's pushed enough. All you hear is drugs, vaccine, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Say, listen, this vaccine is going to take time. It's going to take at least a year or two. Yes. In the meantime, don't come unless you have like major symptoms of COVID. Don't come to the hospital. Don't get tested. None of that. That's another barrier to keeping this from spreading. Hmm. And I think pushing more of general health in America, like, yeah. yo, we can do better wellness and all this taking care of us. I think it should be more of a focus on that. And I, I think agree. everything else would take care of itself. We're going to, we're a machine. We're going to keep it moving anyway. Like focusing on what you can do. They're mm-hmm. sitting around and waiting for a vaccine. Well, you know, hope in one hand and poop another fills up quicker, you know, emphasizing on the, the natural remedies like, yeah, eat some ginger, eat some more fruit, get some exercise, get some sunlight. You know, what, 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 what am I talking about? My man Dwayne, the, the vegan, the vegan oh, over I'm here. I'm going to let him put a button on this. That's why I was saving him for last. So he can put a button on all this. You know about veggies and vegans. Go ahead, bro. Tell us. Listen, listen. Yeah. Y'all, y'all was just speaking for me. I was just sitting here like, yay, yay. They what they talking about. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm the experiment for herbs and, and, and stuff like that. Um, let's just say I've been I've been following Dr. CB way before Nipsey Hussle, unfortunately, okay. with his hat. Um, and as I said with, with my story, you know, diabetes were prevalent in my family, and especially with my mom having diabetes and family members, I'm, I'm researching what is this uh, detox mucus tea? How do you uh, everything from from diabetes to cancers to whatever. I said, well, let me let me look and see what this is about. Everything from sea moss to bladder whack to everybody. We got to do our homework. We ain't got to ask nobody no more. We can really research ourselves. So Google is our friend, okay? Mm. What does this do for the body? What is this? What is this? What is that? If you got ailments in your in your ankles, it's not just got my insurance, okay? Being 53 years old, okay? You know what happens with jobs and insurance goes up and down. Okay, and with the with me having the reticulitis, all right. The only thing I had without insurance was these herbs I was taking. Okay, and uh, a combined with the with the the waste coming out and the veganism and all that stuff. And, and and during this whole situation, when I can think about a lot of my peers that died during during this thing, a lot of family. I lost eleven people. From family, to classmates, to to, to uh, close close friends, to and I had to turn off social media so I can have some type of mental stability. Okay, because mm-hmm. I still had to go out here every day. Okay, now along with that, going out there every day, I said, "Well, this is this." I said, "I, I ain't picked up if I, if, uh, for me." If I was to see me during that time, it would look like a piece of uh, uh, some crack or some uh, some drug that I know for take me out. So what I did is I just 
with all the herbs that I was doing. So any recipes I was doing with herbs uh, uh, for uh, mucus relief or whatever the case is, I did it. And not for nothing, me being, you know, they hit that age about 40, 50 and over. Mm-hmm. I know that at one, two o'clock in the morning, I had problems breathing. Mm. I was like, what is this? Why is this happening? I'm healthy. And and what I did is I'm not going to nobody's hospital, especially in that. All right, in, in the middle of this, when you find out that that everybody who who has contracted the coronavirus, the hospitals get a thousand dollars, and everybody that's on the ventilation machine get ten thousand dollars. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to think they doing numbers. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> actually at the front line of those numbers. In the doctor. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go here in this cabinet, and I'm going to I spend more money on. <laughs> on herbs and, and you know getting all my herbs together then whatever now granted the medical industry we need that to keep people alive but when there's so many gray areas and, and things in nature it's trust you don't trust y'all no more yes indeed it's too many people dying you know so if i were you what i would do is look into these herbs and please follow my my, my 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 website and vegan page once I get a website up and everything and I'm gonna be putting certain things in there specifically that's helped me. All right, I was specific, specifically targeting the okay. the demographic people with diabetes because it hits home with me. All right, mm-hmm. and I said, listen, just one thing. If you can reverse that one thing, imagine how many drugs you wouldn't be have to take. So my mom got okay. this little. Uh, she got this elixir. Shout out to my mom. It's called cinnamon water. You know, and she's uh, pushing it as like a dietary supplement. Like people are dropping weight from that. But she's also, she has diabetes and she's using it to manage her numbers as well too. And she's a big adamant fan of uh, cinnamon. And you know, she swears up and down by its healing properties. But we'll definitely plug your uh, resources and comment stuff because this is what we got to share in the community, like alternate ways of healing. We cannot rely on these hospitals. We cannot rely on your medicine. And we ain't taking your vaccines. So yeah. we need to really brush up and study up on these herbs and ways of, of healing. You have to. But yo, Chris, you got any uh, closing remarks? Um, I'm right in line with you guys. You know, my grandparents are Southern from South Carolina. Um, my mom is very much into alternative health my whole life. My mom. Since when I was able to have a bottle, she would put orange juice and golden seal and echinacea in there. So I'm cold season. That's what I go to. I've been trained like that since I was little, um, along with other things like you were mentioning, sea moss and all this. So I think alternative health is the way to go. I think people should definitely incorporate that into their lifestyle and use medical for more like emergencies or maybe checkups and stuff like that. Like so well. And I think overall, I think everybody's raising their consciousness. I think this is a good thing for everybody. Um, that's all I really got. I really enjoyed this episode. It went somewhere I didn't think it was going. I didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate it, Dwayne. You've been awesome. Thank you, brothers. Thank you so much for inviting me, man. This is my first podcast ever. I didn't want to say the wrong thing, you know. Nah, so. nah, nah, you was really, you was really maintaining, bro. And we definitely want to help promote your, you know, the short film and some of your other endeavors as well. Perhaps you and I can work together in the future. Uh, I'm also a producer, and I'm looking to get into the short film industry, also, man. But at the same time, I want to pick your brain for a lot of those vegan recipes. 
want to shout out for everybody on live. Yo, thanks for hanging in with us. Just hanging out, chilling. You already know how we do Upgrade America all day. But yo, we'll catch you all on the next episode. It was a pleasure. Stay blessed and be nice to one another and eat healthy. Peace. Thank you, guys. Later. All right.